Favorite cartoon evil guy. I'm not warming you up with uh, this one. Okay. Who's your favorite cartoon evil guy? Let's roll, roll it. I need this one. Mega knocked mine. It landed out of three. I got a four team. I got a nine. Oh, so I get to go first. So you get to go first. Fantastic. Scar from The Lion King. Oh, really? Yeah. Good one. Absolutely. Why Scar? Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's like the internal family struggle of like <laughs> your brother gets everything. You I get love nothing. him. Yeah, I think he's great. Like he's awesome, yeah. and he's like, "Fuck this! Lions aren't my friends. I'll make friends with other people, and then I'll and destroy British. you with these people." <laughs> of course, he would like that. <laughs> who vo- who voiced Scar? That was uh, Jeremy Irons, right? I don't know people. Like the original Scar? Yeah. Are we gonna? Do you want me to Google it? I'm 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 ninety percent sure it was Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Because Jeremy Irons has played an integral part in a lot of my childhood. Okay. Like I I love the man as an actor. He just has an agent who hates him, and it's clear things like the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which I now watch for the hilarity of the overacting. Where can I stream it? Because I want to watch it. Oh, you can get it on YouTube. Oh. I love how on Scars. Thing. It's like family, Mufasa, older brother, deceased. Adam's already <laughs> mad because these are supposed to be 60 seconds. He says explicitly. <laughs> ah, he's fine. Six, but it is, no it is longer than one Jeremy minute. Irons. It is Jeremy Irons. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Irons. Um, there, is, uh, there is a chain of movies uh, that Jeremy Irons did in like the late knots. A lot of irons that, on fire. That uh, he died horribly in every single one of them. Mm. To the point where me and my friends were like, oh, who's in this movie? Jeremy Irons? Well, he's dying at tw- the 20-minute like mark, tragically. Like Sean B. Yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite, uh, like, cartoon villain growing up was Hades from the Hercules movie. Wow. Why Hades? That's two Disney ones in a row. Um, uh, one, be because he was comedic at the same time. Like, he wasn't just menacing like Scar mm. was. Mm-hmm. And he... He, he wasn't was, just brooding. He, he was wasn't just... brooding. And, like, he, he was just... It, it was hilarious and uh, explosive with his anger, but then, you know, he's cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. Yeah. And then the evil plan would hatch, right? And, his henchmen and... are my favorite, though. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the, 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 the little demons. Yeah, I yeah. wonder what their names are. I just like the fact that they wear the sneakers and drink the slushie, and it yeah. just makes me uh, One of them's uh, Bobcat Goldwith. You're saying names again. Yeah, okay. But yeah, so uh, Hades from uh, the Hercules movie, which is, by the way, also my favorite Disney movie, is the Hercules movie. It's huh. on the Disney Plus now. It is on the Disney Plus. Ah, oh, so good, Disney Plus. Yeah. Because it has the Spider-Man animated series as well from the 90s. Yeah. Which is a good segue that you just made, because my favorite cartoon bad guy was Venom from that Spider-Man series. Really? Yeah. Because, I, when was that? About, probably about 1994, right? I was born in 88, so I was about six years old. But that was the first, like, scary bad guy that I can remember. All right. Like, where I was, like, feeling fear and I was six years old, freaking out the TV, going, Mom, there's no way he can beat him. He can't beat him. There's no way he can do it. He's stronger. He's better. He's got webs. My mom's like, that's great, Terry. I'm like, no, you don't understand how important this is. This is terrifying. <laughs> Frightening. As, as a father of six-year-olds, yes, this conversation happens. Exactly. I have to yeah. go and walk around, take a mental break, and get in a bubble uh, and protect my mental health against Venom. <laughs> but uh, I love Venom. Super dark. And, uh, yeah. I realized that we were also born in the same year. In 88? Mm-hmm. You're the same age as me? Yeah. I thought you were like four years younger than me. Oh, okay. I thought you were like 28. <laughs> Less. Oh my God, Megan. 85 represents. It's going well, isn't it? 30. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> we're fucking killing it. I'm loving it. I was killing it before this pandemic. <laughs> Just wait until you have to look someone in the eyes and tell them you're in your mid-30s, you sons of bitches. When you're closer to 40, yeah. To yeah, I'm not quite not there yet. yet. Not quite there yet. Almost. Uh, very close. Adam is... However, 
Welcome to the It's a Mimic podcast with your DMs, Megan, Dan, and Terry. Welcome to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, the roundtable Dungeons and Dragons discussion where you never know what you're going to get. I am Terry, and with me are Megan and Dan, and today we're talking about paladins. Woohoo! Our second time through? This yeah. is the second time through for paladins. We're discussing paladins in the uh, book Xanathar's Guide to Everything. I almost forgot the title. I was almost like... Uh, Xanathar's Sword Coast, Home of Enemies. Anyway. Yeah. On the West. Yeah. <laughs> on, on the West. Somehow uh, team involved. <laughs> but uh, Xanathar's is, is getting us to explore some different elements of Paladins now where we can now, we know the basic class, we can dive a little deeper and we can start to think about some 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 extra flavors that we can put into uh, into our characters when we build them. So over topic one here, we'll start to talk about uh, the personal goals that Xanathar's explores the importance of symbols with paladins, and nemeses as well, which is Ooh. the plural for nemesis. It's not nemesis. It's not nemesi. It's not nemesi, <laughs> as I thought it was. <laughs> I've been saying nemesi for years. <laughs> um, so first off, guys, we'll talk about uh, personal goals. I'll give a, a little uh, a little speech here. I'm just going to read it from the oh book. Oh, God, he's going to... Gonna... Oh, you're just going to read it from the book? I'm not going to read it from the book. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk... I'll talk a little bit about personal goals. I thought you were and... about to go full-on fitness instructor on us here. And then... Talk about goal setting and... like, I just did yoga, my, okay, I'm put fine. Put on my fitness voice. <laughs> and in three, two, one, let's go! Stop it. <laughs> I'm leaving. Oh, you feel it now! Stop. Halfway, 30 seconds I, left. I was going to Stop ask it. you, Terry, to like, you know, <laughs> yeah. do some like ad hoc. That's, like, that's the voice I always put. Like, I always please tell me you like, don't actually talk like that. No, but that's the okay. voice. That's the that's my. Th- this is how I don't want you to do it. Voice uh, when I when I coach the people, the coach the coaches. It uh, sounds like you're at a spin class, and I don't like it. Yeah. Trauma. Uh, oh, or those like jumping <laughs> classes. I have a friend that does like. The jumping class, like the little trampoline classes. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, great. Very strong ankles and calf muscles and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could strengthen my ankles. <laughs> Get into that. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, if you're moving, I'm happy. Uh, okay. Personal goals. So, paladins are what? You're not happy with I me. I feel so motivated right now. <laughs> <laughs> I motivate you. <laughs> motivate you. I just need somebody to really motivate me. Hey, stop fucking eating or you'll die. Get up. <laughs> that's your motivation. If that's not doing it, you're fucked. You have back pain, exercise. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Exercise. <laughs> I thought you said extra fries. Uh, okay, personal goals. Paladins are um, the people that are, that are glued hard and fast to their oaths. That's how they dictate how they're going to live their life. That's how they decide what they're going to project on other people. And that's how they decide what they're going to contribute to the world. So with that, there must be a personal goal. They're not just going blindly in the dark. They're not just the people that decide that they're automatically right and everybody else is wrong about anything. It's about very specific things. So I thought first, maybe we could roll off and discuss some unique ideas for personal goals. As a paladin. As a paladin. Not just you want to. Not in life. I got a 16. Oh, I got a 4. I got a 17. Terry, what you got for us? Um, I like the idea of a paladin that maybe their personal goal is to achieve something that they themselves are not able to attain. So, let me, uh, let me, uh, what's the word there, Megan? 
Extrapolate? Extrapolate. Uh, That's yeah. not the expand. 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 Let me expand. Upon. Let me expand <laughs> upon that. Um, so, for example, I had the idea of a paladin who has a great thirst for knowledge might might believe that the more that we learn, the more knowledge we have in the world, the better that we can advance society. But they don't believe that they are Elon Musk and they're going to be able to do that. So their, uh, their, their loyalty may be to something like a, a wizard, mm-hmm. where they're essentially the bodyguard of this wizard because they believe the wizard which could be another player character, is the path to that knowledge. So I like the idea of a paladin who has a personal goal of achieving something which is outside of their capabilities, and so their loyalty is to another party member who they believe can achieve that. Oh, that's fantastic. Right? Thanks, Dan. Yeah, no That sounded genuine, unlike my coaching voice. where You, <laughs> you didn't believe it, did you? No, no. You no. didn't believe that I was like, hey, I'm there for you. Oh, yeah, no. No. No, you don't I, believe it. I, I, I see through bullshit <laughs> fairly easily. Dan, whatever uh, it takes, man, we're going to get you there. See, that's a little bit more sincere. It's still bullshit. It's called but, empathy. Yeah. Um, for for me, I want to see a paladin. And I know a lot of paladins are like these religious holy warriors who are, you know, seek to either free some lost relic or uh, reclaim some lost land of the faith. But, um, and we'll see a little bit more of this later because I'm covering the Oath of Glory. I'm just shattering the thing because, hey... Adam's not here to tell me not I'll to. I'll say glory because I want to start bringing up the BC. Oh, yeah, BC. BC yeah. Cover thing. Unfortunately, I can't. The word glory is in the title. Okay. It used to be the Oath of Heroism before they changed it for the actual Book of Theros. But um, the idea that in years to come, bards will sing of my deeds. I love that idea as a, oh. as a personal goal mm-hmm. for them to that um, I want my legacy to extend beyond my life here right now. Right. Um, because at the end of the day, especially if you are going with like this hyper heroic vision, all of those stories end in tragedy. There's no, I, you live forever. There's no happily ever after for a true Dungeons and Dragons paladin, right? There's tragedy in some way, shape or form. So let's, let's let the story speak for themselves. I don't care if they get blown out of proportion, but I want there to be stories. Yeah. So there, there's my goal as a paladin. I feel so, like it would be hilarious roleplay that and the idea that anytime you met a bard. Yeah. Hey, 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 have you heard of that <laughs> one guy that did that thing? Yeah. That was me. Yeah. yeah. Right? I just trying to like uh, inspire him for like rhymes and things like that. Oh man, that was super awesome. Hope somebody took that down. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the that. bard's like, like practice, like in the team is practicing yeah. like their loot or something in the and corner. He just kind of sits down. Just making sing- lyrics. Yeah. We could totally write a song. We should start a band. Yeah, we should start a band. Yeah, that's what we should totally the band. start a band. <laughs> we should start Kids a fucking business. <laughs> Megan, what you got? Kids these days, yeah, that was yeah. in my band. Yeah, kids these days. I love it. It was good back when like Newfound Glory and Blink was massive. And I stuff. believe it. I think that was weirdly enough. Now that I know how that we are the same age, that mm. everyone it, that was my age in high school was in a band. Just and we always went to those Battle of the Bands concerts. Yeah, and that was just like the big thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I was. I was also in a band. How did it go? Oh, terribly. Yeah, we sucked. Good. We were so bad. Fantastic. And then I did nothing but play in my church Sunday school for like Safe. years. I was afterwards. also in a church band. Yay! Ooh, man, Megan's just finding commonality in everyone. Megan, what must, did you play? Megan must work guitar. in sales. You played guitar? Yeah. All right. Really? God. Man, that's good. Maybe we should start a band. Stop it. We're not. I'm <laughs> cutting this off right now. Right at the ankles. No. A band, you, guys. you know those weak ankles you have? I'm cutting them off. That is terrible. <laughs> Because my band was from the north of England where everybody sounds like Jon Snow, but for some reason, because it was very American-influenced bands, 
that would um, my, the singer, my best friend in the whole world, would start singing with this really weird like Tom DeLonge style American no, accent. No. But he start, but he'd, like then he start talking. He sound like Jon Snow, and then he'd just kick it. Where are you? And I'm so sorry. I'm like Adam, you don't sound like that. Man. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not, not your you voice. Talk, that's not, you talk. He's like. Ah, but they put a knife in my heart, so... <laughs> That's your voice. That's your voice right there. Amazing. Um, I would like to see a paladin with a goal for education. So, like, with the process of educating somebody on something. Like, so, like not education through the pointy end of the sword. No. Oh. More of a peaceful kind of education. Have you ever heard of a cleric? No. Or a wizard? No. Or a druid? No. See, the, the, we need to say druid because my idea, it sounds like a druid. Okay. So this is where this came from. I recently bought a plant for the first time oh. in my life. Okay. <laughs> what is it about COVID and people developing their green thumbs? For me? I have so many people in my life because who just suddenly they just started. Because they the outside, Dan. No, it's because I, for me, it's because I miss taking care of things. My job, my entire life has been taking care of other people and things. Yeah. That Can I you take like care of me because I'm a fucking mess? I'm not just your own friend. <laughs> Cold Open has shown us that it takes more than just Megan's powers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I just want to play a paladin that is constantly educating people on plants. And it's their goal to like grow and cultivate just nature. But I don't want it to be a druid because I don't want it to be too hippy-dippy. I just want it to be specifically education. You'd specifically be a, 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 a scout leader. Like yes. you like just just sit there and like all of your little minions have Teaches to get their whittle wood how yeah, to, yeah right and the they, they have to all get their badges <laughs> and then if they step out of line you beat them with a stick like oh, my scout leader we were in this very different be, I feel like I would hate this activist because it'd be like beating the shit out of people to protect the trees and I'd be like do you understand how that's not better <laughs> but they'd be like no it is and here's why yeah. <laughs> The, these are the people that are like one bad day away from being Agent Smith from uh, Matrix. It's like humans are a disease. Yeah. Like that's 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 like your one bad day from. No, that. I think it stemmed more from like because my friend was trying to teach me how to take care of this plant that I was dealing with, yeah. and yeah. then you learn that they need different light, different soil, different water, different like it oh, needs to be outside yeah. for two hours a Wait, day, can... no more, no really? less. When it's winter time, you bring it inside, and I'm just like, this is worse than a child. I, the, yeah. the, the, I'm, I mean. They're fairly similar. In some <laughs> you don't ways. live outside for more than two hours. So <laughs> it's like with children. Um, but but the the thing that threw me for a loop was I came home one day, opened up the closet to like put my stuff inside, and there's there's a plant inside the closet, and I'm like, why is there a plant in the closet? My wife goes, oh, it was done being outside and needed some dark, it needed some like a nap time, and I'm like, it's a plant. I love it. What? Oh man. Um, but I did want to point out, like, my favorite one in the personal goals that's in the Xanarth... Xanathars? That's how you say it. Um, is the glory one, where it's like, you will lead the world into a brand new era, one that will be branded with your name. And, I, of course, you just took this literally in the sense that, like, your shield is a brand. <laughs> and then, like, your, like, thumbs up brand that's on it, you just really burn <laughs> it into things. As, like, you either kill them, burn it into their skin, or, like, burn it onto trees. You just use your shield as No, a you just got a rubber, like, one of those big, like, rubber uh, stamps. And every time you do a battle, you just walk through the battlefield, like, dapping it in ink yeah. and, like, yeah. smacking it on their heads. Or you could put the stamp in, like, your Warhammer. There you go. Just, yeah. like, <laughs> Hit them in the face hard enough, it just leaves a dent. Yeah, yeah. like, on yeah. Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, okay, symbols. We kind of just touched on that a little bit. Good yep. segue. In a way, good segue <laughs> well again done, there, well Megan. <laughs> symbols, obviously important to a paladin as they symbolize what they stand for and what they're trying to project onto the world. So let's roll again and let's come up with some unique ideas. Oh, we're doing it on the spot. Some unique ideas for symbols. Oh, good. Oh, nat 20. Uh, I think it's been... I got a 19. I swear I think it's been six months since I rolled a nat 20. I rolled oh. a 10. That's kind of depressing. We should get a game going. Yeah. So sad. But anyways, symbols, Terry. We're not now. Uh, what, what, what do we got? What do we got for symbols for you? Well, do you know what? I was trying to think outside of the norm because that's the uh, the objective of this is to come up with a unique unique idea. And uh, I was talking about knowledge, right? In in, in the the last question and uh, trying to expand and go for outside of, of what you know. So I thought, what about the idea of like a constellation? Because it's D&D, we don't have to live with the constellations that we have in this world. You can start to come up with your own constellations. And then I was like, oh my goodness, constellations and like reaching for the stars uh, and things like that. Which could even mean in the magical world, that gives the DM an opportunity to talk about, um, you know, like with divination and things. Like even some sort of astrology that you could bring into the game. So you can, you can go much further with it. But for the paladin point of view, I like the idea of a constellation because it's it's otherworldly it's not a symbol which is reflective of the world that they live on hmm. cool all right okay i didn't get as good a response from that one as i did the last question so dan i need you to loop in the the laugh track from the last yeah one. yeah we'll do, we'll do, we'll do. um so for for me i i find it super cheesy to be the the um paladin that's walking around with the symbol of your god or the symbol of some sort of animal you find don't try and come up with a different idea because it won't be well received (laughs) Um, how dare you (laughs) i actually i i I like the um ambiguous uh symbolism that you could go with with a paladin um like the uh, uh heraldry and the tabards of uh the crusaders Every single note of it, or even just like if you look at a flag nowadays, every single thing about a flag has some sort of meaning or whatnot. So I would have more of an ambiguous uh, thing for my uh, paladin that he brings through with him. But he, if anyone asks why he's wearing what he's wearing um, or why he's carrying that flag and what the flag means, he's able to go into this, you know, long explanation of why, you know, why a red cross on a field of white is important right. or, or, or something along those lines, right? So um, having more ambiguous things so that I could work in more than just it's embossed on a shield, all right? It, mm-hmm. it's, it could be a color scheme that grows with him as well. And, right. and as his exploits uh, grow, so too does what he puts on the flag, his his priorities, and it builds with him as he goes. So it's a symbol that changes over time? Yeah, yeah, is what I would do. So my idea was very similar. However, like I wanted to take it to a different level of when I think about a paladin and its symbol, you automatically think on its shields, on its helmet, right. on you know, on her sword, whatever, whatever. It's going to be on a physical object they use to hit or slay or protect themselves. Right. Um, I thought about like the idea of just making it a tattoo. So like their first de- dedication to their god is like a stick and poke tattoo of right. their god or what have you. And that's the start of it. And then as they go through and as they win battles and as they, they grow the tattoo from the one spot mm-hmm. and it grows amongst their body and that's their symbol. So it's always on them. So the DM can't be your Dr. Shield. You don't have your symbol with you. You can't use <laughs> Like, so that yeah, option is just, <laughs> that's 
that option's not there. Someone just got done playing a paladin to level 20. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> uh, I think I ended up embedding her symbol into her leg. I think that's what we ended up doing. I, I, I think you had the gnome, my character, yeah. literally crafted on the fake leg he built you after because he... Because you shot her leg because, up, yeah. Yeah, you were possessed by ghosts and killing innocent people. <laughs> you bitch. Um, but yeah, I just like the idea, again, to your point, I like the idea of that it grows and ebbs and changes with the growth of the character itself. Right. Like, why not? Right? So I think the only way to do that, in my mind, is to have it on their skin. And, and it then grows you add to it? Yeah. I like the idea of it moving through tattoo fashions as well. Like, the, like the 2000s tribal comes right after the, here, yeah. the 90s, like, Spice Girl armband tattoo, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the gold, there's a glow-in-the-dark one behind the ear somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Eventually <laughs> your beliefs change and you got to go to, like, the, the higher-end town to do the cover-up job. Oh, yeah, like, one black arm. Yeah. You're yeah. like, I want to forget about this period of there's my a, life. There's a star sign on there. There's, yeah, the, yeah exactly. There's Becky's name on your back. Dreamcatcher. <laughs> Song lyrics. Song lyrics is on there. A quote a bard told you that one time. <laughs> People be like, you still listening to Fallout Boy? Or? No regrets. <laughs> um... Now let's talk about nemesis. Nemesis is... Nemesi. Right, okay. Well, it's not the Star Trek. It's not any of those. (laughs) (laughs) And I like the idea of nemesis because I always... I I don't think I've ever gone that deeply with the paladin. I've never played a paladin, actually, but I've always just thought about, yeah, symbols for sure and uh, and I guess personal goals and, and gods and all that sort of stuff, but I've never thought of there being an actual nemesis out there in the world that may be actively coming towards you. So if you guys have your ideas ready, mm-hmm. let's yep. do it. This one's mine. This is a beautiful diagram. Purple one. 14. Two. Uh, 17. So it's hard I to see, to... isn't it? Uh, yeah, that one kind of sucks. Lying, change it. So. <laughs> yeah, we could change it. Swap it up for that one right there. Classic. Oh, a natural I'll, 20. I'll still go with the natural 20 that you just rolled again. So, or I placed, placed it down. gingerly. Um, <laughs> honestly, man, I... I don't like the idea of, uh, or sorry, I'm going to start this again. The idea of a nemesis doesn't have to be limited by uh, alignment um, oppositions. So if you're a lawful good paladin, your nemesis doesn't have to be the chaotic evil thing. Every Holmes does not need a Moriarty, right? Um, But I would love to see, um, this is going to be a sports reference because I can't think of a better... You're talking to the wrong crowd. I man. know I'm talking to the wrong crowd. <laughs> but um I understand two sports, so if you choose one of those, we're fine. I understand one, so every Wayne Gretzky needs a Mario Lemieux. Got it, nope. <laughs> okay, no, uh-uh. no. Every Michael Jordan needs a I don't know, uh LeBron Keep going. James. Keep going. No. Or every Kobe needs a LeBron James. Try one more. Um, You're still talking about basketball. <laughs> uh, I did just watch the Michael Jordan like um, good, isn't it? Uh, documentary though. I'm coming to the end of my sports ball knowledge, so yeah. this is going to be a basketball. You, someone they need yeah. a partner in life. Is well, well, I'm not trying necessarily necessary, necessarily saying a partner. I'm saying someone who is just as good as you are at the thing, and that you are trying to accomplish with your personal goal. Um, so the two of you keep on spurning each other on, right? So Could he's not Optimus evil. Prime and Megatron from the start. No, because Megatron's evil. I don't want an evil. Oh, he's uh, like, you're like on the same. Like you're on the same team. Like like on the same on the same team or same skill level, but like even same alignment, and it's more competitive than it is aggressive. Right. If that if that if that makes any sort it's of. It's like sense. your Legolas and your. Your Legolas and Gimli. There you go. Yeah. 
right? There you're you go, constantly count <laughs> you're constantly counting up to see who's doing better. And you know, the, the Oliphant still counts as just one. So yeah. right? And, and it that is the level of nemesis that I want where you could be the very best of friends, but still nemesis because nemeses? Mm-hmm. Nemesis. Nemesis. Uh, because you are constantly challenging each other to do better. Right. And each time you think you've got something great, you go, hey, I totally took down this legendary monster. And they go, oh, really? I killed three of those last week. Right. That guy. Right. Right. And and you're constantly pushing each other. So you like the idea of a nemesis that may be on the same team as you. Exactly. Your righteous party. competition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. right. And, and, and it's... it's this guy's up for promotion, so you got to up your game a little bit. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, and it's it's friendly, but there's definitely like a little bit more of an edge to it. Yeah, Team Matt said I was doing a good job today. What did you get? Like nothing. Well, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, Dan. It's, it's a different cute. perspective on it. Who's next? Me. You. No, it's me. No. Oh, Megan. I got Megan. 14. Yes. You rolled a two. We introduced another dice. Well, I got you're lost. Confused. I got confused. It's okay. Um, I like the idea of a paladin that fights themselves. Uh, oh god, this is getting dark. Yeah. I know. It's just it's my style though. Paladin that doesn't believe they deserve good things. Uh, right. I honestly think there shouldn't be any players beating themselves off at the table. Dan, that was such a reach to get to that. <laughs> Damn it! That's right. Not even what she said. You struggled so hard. I did. Um, but like I like the idea of like the angel demon on the shoulder, the classic. Like, oh, you want Kronk? Basically. Yeah. I'm very Disney-esque today. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it has like the, the good and the evil and you have to talk yourself out of things. Right. So it does require a lot more role play to play out your own nemesis. Right. But I feel like it'd be interesting that if you were being tempted by a different deity of some kind, they would be right there and that would be your nemesis. So instead of going with the, on the same team, I would go, yes, I would go to the opposite like deity. Like if I'm good, evil one is on my shoulder trying to pull me to the dark side, yeah. shall we say. And that would almost be fun for the DM to role play too. Well, I would love to see this as someone who multi-classes, say, Paladin Warlock, yeah. which is a very popular multi-class option. Which is so weird. Um, but it, it makes sense. Story-wise, so weird. Mechanically, it makes perfect sense because yeah. you get your smites back on a short rest, everybody. Hey. Oh, nice. Right? right? So, um, but like having an evil Warlock patron and a good um, like deity or or something along those lines yeah and then having the two of them want different things and vying over i feel like there would also be like the consequence if you went in one direction or the other depending on what you chose yeah like i think that would be very interesting like it's almost like it would dictate whether you if you're taking levels in both warlock and paladin what next level you have to go towards based on what your decision was so you would would be presented with those decisions specifically to put you in that direction that would be so much fun to dm as well because you just sit there and be like i want to engineer it so that um, as a DM, I would want to go to that guy and I play good tables. I don't like playing evil campaigns. Mm-hmm. That should surprise nobody. Um, but I would engineer it so that I'm trying to lead this guy on the dark on a dark path towards the warlock. Yeah. And if he chooses good, he gets more powerful as a paladin in in reward to his you know, better decision making. Right. Morally speaking at least. But if if he gets if he decides to go more towards the power, then yeah, you're putting more into Warlock because that's going to benefit you in the end. Yeah, and I think one of the things I struggled with the most in playing a Paladin for as long as I did was that I was... If someone's playing a Paladin, you think automatically they're going to make good choices. They have to make good choices. That's yeah. the character they're playing. They decided it. They're lawful good. They're doing it. If you make an opposite choice, you're like, how dare you make an opposite choice? There's a lot of projection onto a Paladin. Yeah, you're yeah. supposed to play it this good. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I, my character's seen some shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> Today is not a good day exactly. for her. Exactly. <laughs> so. Maybe they've changed their minds. Yeah. Maybe. I needed a hairstyle change, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's me. I like the idea of a nemesis that is somebody that maybe you shouldn't want to be dead, but for whatever reason you feel they have to be. But maybe it's a child. Maybe it is a... Hoof! Hey. Right, right off the bat, hey? Yeah, that whole, that whole idea of, you know, would you kill Hitler if he was a baby? Or the guy that dropped the bomb on Nagasaki. <laughs> right? Oh, what, we're not talk about that one? Okay. <laughs> um, but like a child, or like a lowborn, because it's always like, fuck the billionaires and stuff like that. It's never actually, this guy over here doesn't make much money, but he's a dick. Like, this is just very, like, basic examples. Um, but I'm just still trying to figure out what a child could do to be the nemesis of a paladin. Yeah, it was born. You can play with timelines and stuff, right? I, I yeah. guess, or or, or uh, prophecy. A prophecy. You would play prophecy into that. Hundred percent. Yeah, there you. That go. kid's gonna be the I antichrist. Like, what do you do? I like the difficult choices. Quite often, maybe I make them too easily, but I like the <laughs> difficult choices. Hey, uh, Terry, uh, that kid in front of you is the antichrist. What do you want to do as your paladin? I smite him. <laughs> I kill it. <laughs> I, I grab both hands on my longsword and slowly drive it into its skull. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because I had to. Or, you know, maybe, uh, you know, you may have like a big bad evil guy leading the army, but that doesn't mean that everybody in the army is evil. Mm. You know, um, it's, it's the, even the third guy down may not be. It's just... Everybody's got bills to pay and doesn't want to die, so I've got to follow this guy. Yeah, Jacob's like, I'm stuck in a rock and a hard place. I quit. I lose like, my EI. I don't know what, what I do. do, you want me to do? <laughs> what do you want me to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my EI. I think we're, we're all in that kind of. Our boss is a bit of an asshole. Sorry, like, we're going to get the bills. After being under review for six months, we've decided that you left your job, but we don't. We don't believe the reasons. <laughs> uh, so that's mine, Dan. And now we'll move on to a commercial. Hello everyone, this is Megan. You'll recognize me from such things as Call of Cthulhu playthrough and various episodes where I'm mean to Terry, kind of terrified of Adam, and always wowed by Dan's lore knowledge. Uh, we're solidly into year two of the podcast now, and there's been a lot covered. So if you're new to It's a Mimic or just have the attention span of a guppy, let me remind you quickly about what is out there. So far, we have covered the horde mentality monsters, including orcs, goblinoids, kobolds, gnolls, undead, and even bullywugs. If we're talking about base classes, we've also covered a minimum of at least three subclasses, also including the artificer. Imagine digesting all of that info in one go. There have been a lot of episodes on the Lower Plains and Fiends, and quite a bit on general D&D lore. And of course, what's D&D without our dragons? We've covered all chromatics and are working through the metallics right now. I know these are Terry's favorites and have also started becoming one of mine. In fact, you will hear my lovely voice so far on Copper and Brass, Brass being my new love. So uh, it's been a while, and if you're looking for new inspiration or if you've jumped in halfway through, go ahead and dig through our backlog and find some of those hidden gems. Those original Meet the DMs episodes are absolutely hilarious right now if you re-listen to them because now we kind of know a little bit more about Dan, Adam, and Terry. Uh, But for now, let's get back to the show. Topic two, let's talk about subclasses. Each of us has our own subclass. Dan, you've already given yours away. Yeah, I'm going with Oath of Glory from Theros. Okay, as per Adam's specific rules, Megan and I will not give ours away yet until we're told to. Um, so let's roll. <laughs> God damn it, Terry. <laughs> let's roll. Let's do it. 
You got a 12. 14. 15. Wow, oh, okay. I'm first. Yeah. Nice. Okay, well, I got Oath of Conquest. Oh, God, everybody strap in. <laughs> no, I love it. Oh, wait, 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 don't strap in. Don't t- that's a bad turn of phrase for Terry. Don't strap in around me. You're going down. <laughs> it get, uh, phrasing. Okay. Yep, yep. Yep. Sorry, make I shall read a little bit from the book. Hopefully, I don't get sued. Everybody's strapped for cash right now. Wizards will be all over me. Okay, so the Oath of Conquest calls the paladins who seek glory in battle and the subjugation of their enemies. You guys always give me the ones with the hardest words to say. It isn't enough for these paladins to establish order. They must crush their forces in, in, in absolute chaos. Essentially, they don't just want to win the battle. They want to win all of the battles forever. They want you to never dare to take them on again and for that glory to be remembered forever, no yeah. matter what the cost. Um, so uh, with that so comes something called tenets of conquest. I don't know what the word tenets means. Dan, Megan, do you? We you talked too. about it a little bit in the original episode of Paladins. That the tenets for a paladin essentially like it's their but what does the personality word... and belief system. Basically. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, the, it's basically the code with which you live your They're life. Tenets there. is like a code. Thing. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. So what what are the tenets of uh, conquest? Well, there's three of them. So the first one is douse the flame of hope. That sounds positive to name. It well, sounds very that impressive. Is a, that is an amazing name for a band as well. Much better than kids these days. Oh, what was yours? The red hand? Red handed. Red hand. <laughs> I'm telling you now, the red hand is already better than red hand. Yes. Did everybody oh, think it was left handed whenever you said it? And then no. you had to say it three times? No, no. I mean, the band lasted like six months. It, was, it wasn't. It was a good time. <laughs> we yeah. failed one battle of the band. Basically, it was just us. It was us drinking together. That's all it was. The band so. had never played. Okay. Douse the flame of hope. It is not enough to merely defeat an enemy in battle. Your victory must be so overwhelming that your enemies will. F- Will, that your enemy's will to fight is shattered forever. A blade can end a life. Fear can end an empire. So this Get is the guy driving the raised Dodge Ram 1500. Just loud-ass truck overcompensating. Loud pipe save lives, wow. yeah. yeah. Maybe, <laughs> but I don't think they're conquering anything, are they? Nobody's, they, they are just, they're, they're the few people. They're, they are conquering their own insecurities, Terry. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Aren't we all in a way... In know. a way, some of us are enslaved by them. Anyways, continue. <laughs> this <laughs> episode on, is getting really dark. It bothers me when Dan says like this, because Dan is the sexiest height at six foot two. That's the best one. It starts getting weird after that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's weird now. No, because anything under that is not enough. I'm 5'11 and three quarters. Okay, and that quarter inch the bothers me. The fact that he has to count the quarter. Maybe yeah, that quarter inch insecurity. bothers me so much and maybe I shouldn't have smoked as a teenager. Okay. <laughs> but over 6'2", it starts getting a little bit awkward. It's a bit too much. Okay, my girlfriend's brother's 6'6". And it's like, you're really handsome, dude. You're too tall. You're standing out. Okay, now it's weird. But 6'2 is good. Anyway. I work in far too many mechanical rooms where I am hunched over like I live in Notre Dame all day, every day. I wish I was a little shorter. Okay. For every person out there who's 5'11 and 3 quarters, let me never hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to sink a little Tenet bit. Tenet 2. Rule with an iron fist. Once you have conquered, tolerate no dissent. Your word is law. Those who obey it... Let me find the paragraph. <laughs> shall be favored. Those who defy it shall be punished as an example to all who might follow. 
I kind of like that in a way, to be honest. And I've got my own different ways that I do it. I feel like this is the one that you could definitely lead. This is the one that I'd would fucking, lead into the I love this paladin. playing an ignorant paladin. Like oh, the, this this is the lawful stupid. Yeah, this is the but, lawful stupid. Paladin. But this is this is the lawful evil yeah. paladin. I'm gonna break well. it and I'm gonna kill it. Yeah. 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 Th- this this is definitely the paladin that is out there to be like, hey guys, um, I'm not the lawful good guy. That's what the what the conquest is. Yeah, like that's what I'm getting. Like yeah. I will like everybody subju- excuse you. I will like- I will destroy you, and if I don't destroy you, I will subjugate you, and if I don't subjugate you, I will full on destroy everything about your life, and your friends, and your family, and your dog, because I can't. Like, that's, that's just what this guy seems to me. Sure. And, well, that seems a lot of fun to me to play. Tenet 3. Strength above all. You shall rule until a stronger one arises. Then you must grow mightier and meet the challenge or fail to your own ruin. It's kind of Highlander shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I heard it's good. But this Mine is makes perfect, right. it fits to your nemesis yeah. idea. This one does. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got better than me. I will get better than him. Yeah. Is that what it is? Like that movie One with Jet Li? Yeah. Yeah. Different reference for the same thing, but yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't seen the other one, so... I like how you've seen that, but you haven't seen Highlander? My my only issue with the Highlander analogy is um, when, a, when, when a Highlander bests you, you typically aren't able to get better. No, because you die. Because your head has been cut off, and they've yeah. gone through the quickening, and they are now powerful. Because there now can have be only one. Lessons. Yes. Right. Sure. Okay. Let's go through some of the class features for the Oath of Conquest. Okay, I want to talk about their, their spells first. Um, so, a, a Paladin 3rd level, Armor of Agathis, Command, that kind of fits with the theme. Yep, Those two for aggressive. Me. Armor of Agathis is a Warlock-only spell. So, immediately, this is, this is uh, speaking to kind of the type of character I would play. Like, just in terms of a, a player option. Right. The ability that, that you have the ability to cast a Shield of Frost that does damage back. Yeah automatically speaks to the type of character you play with this. I like those types of spells as well because it's it's like no strike against you goes unpunished. It's like if yeah. you're, if I, you're getting something back if you hit me. Mm. I like that type of stuff. Fifth level, you get hold person, a spiritual weapon. Still kind of fits in with that. I love oh, yeah. hold person as well. It's frustrating if it happens to you though. Ninth level, bestow curse and fear. Oh yeah. Thirteenth level, dominate beast and stone skin. Seventeenth level, cloud kill and dominate person. Nothing feels wrong with any of those to me. No, they 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 all track with the guy who's trying to take over everyone. I especially like the fact that hold person is basically a stop while I slowly kill you. Yeah, that's what that is going to be used for. So so dark, so sinister. I love it. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is this is the paladin that frequents hot topic. That's that's and where's eyeliner? I feel personally no, attacked. No, that's more of a rogue thing. This paladin. Is this like... is this is the paladin that does that. I don't know. This paladin feels like they're going to like Cradle of Filth concerts or something. Oh, that too. Yeah. I want to meet this this one in a mosh pit for sure. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. He's the, guy, he's the guy flinging elbows. That's yeah. true. He's yeah. not the guy that stops to pick you up if yeah. you fall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the guy who knocked <laughs> you down. He kicks you when you're down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This is the guy on the, yeah, in the game who's like, get better scrub. Like, this is, this is what yeah. this guy... The yeah. Hot Topic Paladin is the paladin in the mosh pit claiming to be unique while they're all wearing the same uh, Nightmare Before Christmas face mask for social distancing. Yeah. That's... Mm. All that's of them have the exact same wallet chain and torn up pants and... Exactly. Again, personally attacked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have goodness. a Hot Topic gift card in my wallet right now. No, you do. <laughs> I do. I do. Some I of this stuff's alright, but still. <laughs> do we even have a Hot Topic around here? Yeah. Where? Guildford and Metrotown. 
Oh, okay. I've been a one somewhere. Okay, anyway, uh, let's talk about the channel divinity. Two parts to it. Conquering presence. Conquering presence is you can use your channel divinity to exude a terrifying presence. As an action, you force each creature of your choice that you can see within 30 feet of you to make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, a creature becomes frightened of you for one minute. The frightened creature can repeat this saving throw at the end of each of its turn, ending um, the effect on itself on a success. What do you guys feel about that? Because if you become frightened, it's pretty game-changing. It's, and it's pretty thirty feet. It's thirty feet. I know it's thirty feet. I know it's pretty game changing. This will be useful for three levels, and then you will never, ever, ever use this again. Which because is an, everything's immune to frame. Which is another argument. Which is not for this time. No, I don't like that. That's it. I, I I don't like that frightened becomes obsolete at the end of tier one. No. If if it was a little bit more, there are four different ways to reduce action economy in a player through condition. There's one to do it through frightened. Yeah. Let's let's kind of give the frightened mechanic the same kind of treatment we have with stunned, paralyzed, incapacitated, and those that are just action removing. Sure. Let's do it where it's like uh, scared, frightened, terrified. Sure. Right. But well, not the time for that one. I know. But I know what you're saying, and I do agree. But for the the effect itself. Do you, think, do you agree with it? Do you think it's overpowered? No. It's good. Hmm. It's good. Maybe it's obsolete. It, and it fits the theme of the character, sure. I think. So. Well, let's look at the second part of Channel Divinity. Guided Strike. You can use your Channel Divinity to strike with supernatural accuracy. When you make an attack roll, you can use your Channel Divinity to gain a plus 10 bonus to the roll. You make the choice after you see the roll. After you see the roll. But before the DM says whether the attack hits or misses. Oh, those ones are always so hard for me. Like when there's so many stipulations of you can choose to do it when this happens, when this doesn't happen, if the DM tells you what it is. Because there's those moments in the game sometimes I find where, like, something will happen. You're like, oh, crap, I have this ability that I totally forgot about. Mm. I want to be able to use it, and now I can't because the DM has told me X, Y, and Z, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, those those abilities, always I always have a hard time with mentally, but the ability itself is pretty cool. Um, the Paladin is the one-hit kill monster. They're the ones that is going to absolutely destroy something with one good solid swing. Mm-hmm. And having this ability to be able to just add plus 10 on that swing, like, you could roll it. Be like, I want to dump all of my smites into this thing. Roll it. Realize that you're off by a significant amount. The fact that this is plus 10 is, yeah. is ridiculous. I love this. Mm-hmm. Um, you could roll a 2, add your bonuses to it, and then... And it's still good, right? Um, Also, because you get so few channel divinities as a paladin um, in your entire run, I don't see this as overpowered. I like it. It means you are going to hit that big hit if you need to make that big hit. It's almost like going back to that like once per day, almost when I think of like channel divinity for paladins. They're so limited in a round or in a day or what have you that like I feel like it's it's a once per day. It's something you can leave in the bank, right, for if you need it. You know, you can pull You're it You're not going to use it in the dungeon, but you'll use it against the dragon at the end of the dungeon. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. How about this? Aura of Conquest. Starting at 7th level, you constantly emanate a menacing aura while you are not incapacitated. The aura extends 10 feet from you in every direction, but not through total cover. If a creature is frightened of you, its speed is reduced to zero uh, while it's in the aura. And that creature takes psychic damage equal to half your paladin level if it starts its turn there. At 18th level, the range of this aura increases to 30 feet. So if you're coupling this with channel divinity, basically, 
All of the all of the mob is now not moving, and you're just beating the shit out of them. I just have Adam's like voice in my head from like when they did the first episode of Paladin, but how much he hates Paladin auras. Yeah, yeah, and like. I like this one, but again, the frightened aspect, the fact that everything is immune to frighten, it's not going to work against your big, big bad. But it will definitely work against your mobs. Oh, yeah. Like, this, this is the guy who walks into a horde of goblins and just plays whack-a-mole. Yeah, yeah. and they just start pissing themselves. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I am I'm funny enough. I, I don't like this mostly because it's just an aura that's around you that requires them to be frightened. It doesn't cause any sort of other effect. It's just... If they're frightened, they also have this effect. Right. Um, it it's I don't know. It's it's weak to me. It's, how did how do they determine whether they're frightened of you or not? If they have the frightened condition. If they have the frightened oh. condition of you. So if you've rolled an intimidate, or if you've rolled a. Um, so you actually have to actively frighten. You someone have to frighten to someone trigger. first, and it. then it goes. Did the rolling intimidate doesn't put them into the frightened condition though. Uh, if you beat them by a certain condi- uh, amount, it does. Yeah, does it? yeah, I don't like it. I hate it. I've made up my mind. I yeah. It's stupid. It's dumb. And you can't be incapacitated, which is a trait, yes, or is a condition, yes, but it is also part of five conditions. Mm-hmm. So there are a bunch of different ways that you're not going to be able to have this aura. It seems like a, a lot of things need to fall in line for this to have any effect. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. means it never will. Never will. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. What about this one? Scornful rebuke, I say cheesily, because that, that is accurately the next one. <laughs> Starting at fifteenth level, those who dare to strike you are psychically punished for their audacity. Whenever a creature hits you with an attack, that creature takes psychic damage equal to your charisma modifier, minimum of one. If you are not incapacitated, again with a not incapacitated. Uh, sure. I mean, if you uh, if you mix that with like armor of Agathis, for example. I also think it's just funny just visually. It. Like, it's a funny visual. Of, like, I can imagine, like, because it's your charisma that yeah. hits it, right? So imagine this thing just hitting you, and then you just, like, death glare. Just death glare, yeah. And then, like, that's that's the the pain. It's like, ah. <laughs> I like the idea that a uh, Oath of Conquest Paladin is almost designed to be taking on mobs. It's not the big yeah. single hit. Other than that one guided strike to channel divinity. But, like, it, it's, it feels... For the, like it feels targeted for mobs. Mm. So I see this guy walking into a, a, a like pile of goblins, taking his armor off. Because why the hell not? Just try me. Because there's no limit to the amount you could do this. Yeah. Right. That's true. So, but meanwhile, the cleric just goes hold my hold my mace and cast spirit guardians and just does a better job of dealing with mobs. That's fair too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm with Megan on this one where I. I it's entertaining yeah. as you're taking the damage. And, I mean, you're 15th level here. You've probably got a 20 charisma. So yeah. things are taking 5 damage yeah. every single time they hit you. I, There's no limit to range because um, it's just an attack. It doesn't have to be a melee attack. Yeah. It's just anyone that has the audacity to hit you. Doesn't matter from where or with what. If they have caused damage to you, they're going to take 5 damage. It's the yeah. rogue in the corner that hits you with an arrow and it's like... Just like lasered eyes yeah. in the distance. Yeah. It'd be hilarious. I also just imagine the idea of playing in a game where this paladin was playing and a cleric in the same party. Yeah. That would be an interesting... Love it. I think it'd be hilarious. It's we basically... attempted that for like two sessions. <laughs> basically. It was fine. <laughs> it was great. Uh, okay, um, Invincible Conqueror. It already sounds overpowered, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
At 20th level, you gain the ability to harness extraordinary martial prowess. As an action, you can magically become an avatar of conquest, gaining the following benefits for one minute. Resistance to all damage. When you take the attack action on your turn, you can make one additional attack as part of that action. And thirdly, your melee attack score a critical hit in a roll of 19 or 20. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. 20th level, though. That's your capstone. That is a monster capstone. Mm-hmm. For one minute, so for one battle, let's let's say, because rarely do battles last longer than the ten rounds a yeah. minute is, um, you take half damage, you get an additional attack, and you crit that much easier. I, that, yeah. It's a level 20 ability, though. Oh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining. Like, this, is, this is awesome. I love it. Yeah, I think it's great. Because how long, how often, and how long do you actually get to play your level twenty character, right? So to be able to have this ability at that level, I think is awesome. It doesn't it, it doesn't excite me. Oh, you get to level twenty to just become a champion fighter, basically. Like for a minute, one minute though. You're a champion fighter, bear totem barbarian. Yeah, but you're so your capstone, but it's not flavorful and exciting for me because it's so your capstone abilities you get an extra attack okay fine everybody's got 27 attacks at this point anyway yeah and you roll a crit on 19 or 20 you also probably have a magic item that allows you to do that anyway by level 20 or or even if not it's there's much more exciting things in the party does it give you an extra attack it does yeah okay um my biggest complaint about paladins and we mentioned this in that episode was the fact that we don't get a lot of extra attacks oh well if you play a campaign for three years and you get to level 20 you'll get an extra attack it's very exciting for me (laughs) thank you Finally. Yay. Uh, and that's it for Oath of Conquest. Okay. Uh, next on the line was you. Yeah. Um, so I have the Oath of Redemption, which is literally the exact opposite of whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> um, so I, I think it's kind of easy to determine that they're, they're technically called redeemers. Uh, they're kind of idealists, but they're not really idiots. They understand that not everyone is going to accept their ways of life right away. Um, in fact, one of their tenets is patience. So they're okay with taking the time with you to teach you and educate you about their ways of life. Oh, like okay. they're. I hate him. Yeah, you are. You're gonna hate this. So oh, just much. wait till you get to it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like, to go over like their tenets, it's peace, innocence, patience, and wisdom. So. <laughs> these... Four characteristics that I do not have. <laughs> yeah. So I think that the easiest way to describe these guys is that they are your. Um, knowledgeable paladins that are wanting to use their words instead of... They're like the least fighty. Really? Because I heard know-it-all hippie when you said that. Basically, yes. I mean, you're not far off. Now you understand where my plant idea came from. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and honestly, I like it just because I feel like it does offer a lot of good role-playing opportunities in the sense that you're not pigeonholed into, I'm a lawful good paladin, you're not doing what I want you to do, I'm coming after you for it. Yeah. This character is built in with the patience to educate, teach, and actually spend the time with someone, so they're easier to integrate into a party of people that might not be exactly aligned with them. So The murder hobos? The murder hobos. You're like, mm, I might travel with some murder hobos, but I have faith this will if I, turn If I can get through... Day. To just one by level twenty, then I'll be done worth it. <laughs> the only problem is when you get to the peace tenant, and it's like violence is a last resort. Yes. Like if you're in a party full of murder hobos, you're gonna be that one guy in the back, probably standing next to the life cleric, going, "No, guys, wait, wait, guy, guy, 
barbarians tallying up their XP. Yeah. And that's not going to work. But I do also like the idea that these guys are your, your judge, your jury, and can be your executioner. Sure. So they are going to judge you. They are going to you know give you the time to figure out what you need to do. But if they decide that you are not fit for this world, they will kill you. Like, they will. They'll get to that point and be like, all right, well, today's the day. You fucked up too many times. Yeah. I'm done with your shit, rogue. Curse slice. Like, they will eventually do it. A slice. So um, I kind of like that about them. So they are built to be fighty, but they're not inherently roleplay built to be fighty. Um, and that's kind of determined in their spells as well. So, like, for instance, at third level, they get Sanctuary and Sleep. Great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, sure. Sanctuary is a great spell, but, I mean, it yeah. is... Um, it's a, it's again, it's a protective spell and, and sleep. I will go to bed every single day. They say that sleep is one of the most powerful spells. It's great. But it's it, fantastic. It, it leads into the, I'm just going to stop this because I don't want you to die. They don't want them to kill you. So I'm just going to put it to sleep and we'll talk to it later. Yeah. Like it fits into that realm. Yeah. This is like the silver dragon of, of Paladins. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like a silver dragon would have an army of these. Yeah. Shall we say. Just like a bunch of them. Just a whole monastery yeah, full of these guys. Silver yeah. Dragon Paladin. I knew I didn't like him. Right. At fifth level, they get calm emotions and hold person. So again, yeah. I'm going to stop you from moving and then we get to talk about our problems. Yeah. Our barbarian, barbarian. Hey. Hey. Count from 10. Yeah. Deep breath. And, and now let's, let's discuss our emotions. Let's all do some yoga. Yeah. <laughs> What caused your outburst today? Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> it. I noticed that you raged today. Um, one step closer than you normally do. Are you getting... Do we need to check? Hey, let's, let's, are let's, you hungry? Do you need a snack? Yeah. Here, I've got some br- freshly baked muffins for you. Here you go. Yeah. Let's not tell them what we don't want them to do. Let's tell them what we want them to do. Yeah. Okay? Let's use a positivity. Words. <laughs> um, don't I... say, don't run. Say, walk. Yeah. <laughs> Terry has dealt with way too many of this type of you, person in his life. Yeah, you would also hate, you would not want to roleplay this character in any way, shape, or form. You would not have any joy in this. No. Um, ninth level, they get Counterspell and Hypnotic Pattern, which I think are pretty cool. Dan, Finally, something other than other than wizards and bards that Counterspell. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty neat. But I also feel like that, that bleeds into the protective aspect of it, being like, yeah. how dare you try? Yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, they get stone skin at 13th level along with Otoluques. 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, Resilient Sphere, which I had to look up, which is pretty dope. Yes. I love this, and I am so sad I didn't know this existed until now. Basically what this is, is you create, you put someone in a bubble. Yeah. In oh, a God. sphere. You, you, you literally put people in timeout. I yes. fucking love it. You literally put them in timeout, but literally nothing can penetrate this bubble. Magic attacks nothing. Nothing can touch this Hate bubble. It. Yeah. Hate it. And but in my mind, I'm like, you can use it offensively or defensively. Yeah. Which is what you can just basically put the big, big bad in this thing, and then just be like, oh, you're monologuing, you're monologuing. Get in your box. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs> Time out. Go to your room. <laughs> the best part though is you can move it. So if you're like in, if you're ball? in the ball, yeah. you can rule at half your speed. You can move this ball. <laughs> oh my god. It's so That's good. That's humiliating. <laughs> I'm just envisioning your level 20 big bad evil like mega lich in stuck inside this thing just like rolling it around like just get them you fools (laughs) get them you fools I'm sick of the fucking spirit god damn it I can also see it as like a team building exercise that if you're pissed (laughs) off at your team because they're not getting along you trap all of them in this bubble and they have to to travel around in it together it's your get along shirt (laughs) (laughs) this guy's the parents of the group I love it it's so good I would murder this PC. You would hate I would it. murder it. Yeah. <laughs> um and then at the seventeenth level you get hold monster and wall of force. 
which is pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so to go into their channel divinities. Um, so at third level, you gain uh, the following two channel divinity options. One is the Emissary of Peace. Um, so basically you can channel your divinity to augment your presence with divine power. So kind of similar to yours, except right. it's not as ominous and scary. Um, as a bonus action, you grant yourself plus five to your charisma or persuasion. So this is the, you, if you want to persuade someone or teach yeah, someone something. It's like the negotiator. Your, yeah, your negotiation. Yeah. For the next 10 minutes. For 10 minutes. Plus five charisma, uh, plus five persuasion for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you, you are better than the bard. Yeah. So it'd be like the bard trying. You'd be like, okay, step step the fuck off, man. I got this. And then... Yeah. <laughs> um, or you can do rebuke the violence. Uh, so you can use your challenge to rebuke those who use violence. So immediately after an attacker within 30 feet of you deals damage with an attack against a creature other than you, which is important, you can use your reaction to force the attacker to make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the attacker takes radiant damage equal to the damage it's just dealt. Wow. Crazy, right? That's fucking badass. Yeah. But again, like with paladins, they don't get many channel divinities. No. So I feel like it sounds overpowered. But if the big bad does like an absolute smoking crit on somebody yeah. and fucks them up, just do it to them. Yeah. So. The only problem is. Oh, it has, well, to, it has to fail like a, a wisdom saving throw, though. And the attacker has to be within 30 feet of you. Yeah. Um,. Not the creature getting the getting attacked. But if you're a paladin, you're gonna be yeah, up you're in its standing up yeah. anyway. So even if you even if it attacks your wizard who's 120 feet away with some kind of magical like nonsense. As long as you're 30 feet from the attacker, you're golden. Then you're fine. And yeah. when you get into the heat of a battle, most PCs are within 30 feet. Yeah. Right? Everybody can get there within one round. That seventh level they get aura of the guardian, so you can shield your allies from harm at the cost of your own health. This is, it's pretty cute. I like this one. It reminds me of something my character would have done. Yeah. Uh, uh, before things got before bad. Before things got dark. Yeah. Uh, when a creature within 10 feet of you takes damage, you can use a reaction to magically take that damage um, instead of that creature taking it. So basically you're taking the heat. I can confidently say that none of my characters would ever, no, ever. use this ever. This and would I think be we've had this discussion before that your characters wouldn't do anything like this. Yeah. Um, I'd think, I I'm even, sitting here wanting to play one of these I wouldn't even write really cute. Dan. If you play this character, I'm not playing the game with you. I'll jump. I, I won't be able to handle. What's the next one? Participation medal. Ridiculous. <laughs> we could, this is why the world's going to shit. Um, and then at 18th level, the range of this aura increases to 30 feet. Yeah. So, and I remember I ran into a lot of these issues when I was a paladin. As like their auras do tend to be broken, but how often are your players within 10 feet of you? Like, I ran into that issue a lot. Everybody on that fucking team was a ranged character. Yep. I was the only one in the Big Big Bad's face. So I'm standing there being like, okay, guys, 10 feet in. I remember, like, you <laughs> very occasionally using auras, and then me being like, what's an aura? You have an aura? Like, I didn't even know what yeah. it was. No. Like, it was after I'm like, months. hey, you have this because you're actually standing beside me. And, today. like, every time you had to explain it to me, yeah. <laughs> I just forget. Uh, no, it was... So, yeah, I find, like, they do tend to be broken when they can be used. So I think that's the balance of it. Right. Um, at 15th level, they get Protective Spirit. A Holy Presence mends your wounds in combat. Uh, you regain hit points equal to 1d6 plus half your Paladin level if you end your turn in combat with fewer than half of your hit points remaining and you, are and you aren't incapacitated. This is like, in my mind, like the Viking Valhalla. Like, yeah. They had to come down and were like... Pfft. 
Keeping you alive, friendo. Um, this to me is kind of screams of just you are so divinely inspired to be a uh, avatar of good that your wounds heal. It's your you, adrenaline you yeah. keeps you going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you just hate everything about it. I feel this. like this would be Terry looks physically ill. I am. This guy. I feel like. This paladin would be one of those people that has like tattoos of conflicting ideologies and religions because they want to seem like a worldly citizen. Or yeah, something. I, I feel they're, like they're... you're starting to put together the character that I've built with yeah. the plants and the and tattoos like, and the. Yeah, these ideologies <laughs> are they're, they're not religious; they're spiritual. They're spiritual. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, but these tattoos are—they're conflicting. They don't agree with each other. On <laughs> <laughs> the altar spirits of the world, this this character would have upspeak. Would that absolutely? Yeah, I feel like I'm a citizen of the world. Like that. Yeah. Fuck those people. I belong to everyone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at level 20, you get Emissary of Redemption. You become an Avatar of Peace, which gives you um, a couple of awesome benefits. In game built around combat. Yep. Uh, <laughs> resistance to all damage dealt by other creatures. Oh my god. This is their attack, spells, and other effects. Whenever a creature damages you, it takes radiant damage equal to, radiant damage equal to half the amount that it dealt to you. So you can't take damage, but if it damages you, like, how does that... Okay, I was so, trying to understand it. Um, you gain resistance to all damage. So resistance is you take half damage. Okay, yeah, yeah. And whenever a creature hits you with an attack, it takes... Uh, half of that damage. Uh, equal to half the damage you take. So yeah. it's taking an additional quarter back onto take, itself. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, keep in mind, this is an effect that is always up. So long as you uh, do not attack a creature, cast a spell on it, or deal damage to it uh, by any means. Yeah. Right? Um, by any means other than this feature, of course. Right? Yep. So um, if you do do damage to a creature, you lose this effect until long rest. Yeah. This is like, it's it's so roleplay, I would probably never use it. Yeah. Like... I feel it's the moment you would have in a roleplay moment where you're just like, I am not fighting you because I just don't want to for some stupid fucking reason. And then you just put up this big wall. My, like, my question is, what are you supposed to do to maintain this ability through your paladin day? The second you do anything offensive, and you're a fucking paladin. Yeah. You're not a cleric. You don't have the spell pool to just be sitting there healing and mitigating and buffing your friends. Right. Yeah. Right. You, you have a, this basically takes what the paladin is good at and says, you can be the best medic on the team, but you're not allowed to attack anything or you lose that ability for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I don't like that caveat. I would like, I would have liked to see this have that same kind of thing as the Oath of Conquest had, where it's four minute you activate the Avatar of Peace. Yeah. Right? Now you. You know, do you take half damage? You have a little bit of this thorns effect where you are doing damage back, and right. I don't know things around you are. You get a boost to your the save aura that paladins have, or whatever it is. Yeah, right? just something different because I feel like to your point, you literally aren't doing anything during this period of time. The only thing you could do is buff and heal. Yeah. Hmm. I don't like it. Now, I mean, <sighs> you could stand around with your shield and protect. And wade into Put the field. Put people in bubbles should you feel like it. Yeah. yeah. You could go walking into a mob of enemies and just let them kill themselves, but yeah. you can't actively target them. No. 
But yeah, that's that's the Oath of Redemption, Terry's favorite. Yep. Okay. Uh, mine. I think I hated that <laughs> more than a lot of the subclasses that we've done. Well, I guarantee you, Terry, you will like the Oath of Glory from Theros. Please make it good, the, Dan. The Oath of Glory is all about becoming a hero of storied proportions. It okay. is um, very closely aligned with being an um, athletic dynamo, uh, a gladiator of sorts. It is as close to Hercules as you could get in uh, Dungeons and Dragons currently. So in terms of the tenants, um, their uh, actions over words, challenges are but tests, hone the body and discipline the soul. Um, so to expand on those a little bit, uh, actions over words, you are you strive to be known by your deeds, not what you say. Uh, challenges are but tests, you face all hardships with courage and encourage your allies to do the same. Um, to hone your body like raw stone, your body must be worked so its potential can be realized. And discipline the soul, you must marshal the discipline to overcome the failings within yourself that threaten to dim the glory of you and your and your friends. So this guy is the lawful goodest lawful good paladin. He is just he is a hero, and all he wants to be is a hero. So, um. So tell us why Terry would like this character. <laughs> just <laughs> wait. Um, at so we'll just go over their spells and then we'll get to the uh, channel divinities, which I think will hit the point okay. home. Here. Right. Okay. Um, it, so at third level, you get guiding bolt and heroism. Um, both of those track. It also gives your paladins their much needed ranged spell, which gives advantage on attacks. So they're still helping out. Um, at fifth level, they get enhance ability and magic weapon. At ninth level, they get haste and protection from energy. At 13th level, they get Compulsion and Freedom of Movement. And at 17th level, they get Commune and Flame Strike. This is a weird grouping of spells. It really does not go together very well. Like, in what world does Enhance Ability and Flame Strike go together? When I see weird assortments like that, it makes me think that there's a very specific thing that they're trying to aim for. Which matches all of these things, but it's like you're being railroaded down it. They are very much track. trying to go for the hero of Greek legend with this. Right. Yeah. Right? Now, when you go with for the hero of Greek legend, you also have athleticism and whatnot involved in that. And that is reflected in their channel divinities. Um, first one, of course, is uh, like the others, they have two. The first one is a peerless athlete. As a bonus action, you can use your channel divinity to augment your athleticism. For the next 10 minutes, you have advantage on athletics and acrobatics checks. You can push, pull, drag, carry, and lift twice as much weight as normal. And the distance of your long and high jumps increases by 10 feet. Yeah. So you are just that much more of a physical presence on the field. Um, Like an Adonis. Very literally like an Adonis, yeah. Um, And as a... Uh, your second option as your channel divinity is inspiring smite, which after you deal damage with your smite, you can use your channel divinity as a bonus action to distribute temporary hit points to the creatures of your choice within 30 feet of you, which can include you if you want. Slap um, somebody so hard it heals everybody else. Yeah. Um, the total number is equal to 2d8 plus your level divided amongst the, um, Creatures you that's choose. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. All right. 
Um, and especially since it's after you de- uh, deal your smite, which you're a paladin, that's what you're doing. Yep. So, um, the reason why I say this one is kind of like Terry is this, Terry, you, you talk a big game. Um, <laughs> I don't like where this sentence is Go on, Dad. <laughs> if, if you said butts, I'm not going to be happy. But, um, <laughs> you are a fitness instructor. You care about the fitness of yourself and the fitness of those you care about and those around you. As much as you like to talk the game of, you know, you want things to be dark and broody and you want things to hurt, there is a certain amount of compassion you have for those around you, your friends, your allies, for them to be physically better and uh, improve beyond where they once were. And this is what this guy's trying to get at. Dan, how dare you walk around knowing me so well? <laughs> Are you saying that I act like I don't care because I don't want to seem fragile? Yes, I just, I, this 110%. Is like, this is the paladin that heals you and it's just like, oh, here you go. And they're like, oh, thanks, man. And he's just like, well, don't fucking do it again. <laughs> that is exactly me. Yeah, exactly me. Hey, get a grip of your shit, okay? Just, hey, call me if you need me, all right? Okay, I'll come. Yeah, yeah. I'll come. Yeah, fix gonna... yourself. Okay. <laughs> can't do it for you. Yeah, I'm across the battlefield going, can't do it for you, man. I can't do it for you, okay? So uh, at seventh level, uh, you get the aura of alacrity. Um, you emanate an aura around you like all paladins do, which allows you to race across the battlefield in formation. Your walking speed increases by 10 feet. In addition... You aren't, uh, if you aren't incapacitated, the walking speed of any ally who starts their turn within five feet of you increases by 10 feet until the end of that turn. So everyone around you now goes faster. At 18th <laughs> the guy level. the back of the tough mother. Yeah. Come on, guys. Go. Let's go. keep it going. Let's keep <laughs> going. Hey, you could do it. Breathe. Left foot, left foot, right foot. Let's go. At Motivator. 18th level, this, uh, the range of this aura increases uh, by 15 feet. Oh, sorry, 215 feet. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nope, sorry. Uh, At 18th level, the range of this aura increases to 10 feet around you. So everyone around you now runs 10 feet faster. That's like the smallest aura a paladin has ever had, though, at 18th level. 110%, but it also is incredibly powerful because it is making your barbarian move 50 feet around. It's true. It gives in my mind, I'm also your now imagining Your paladin is moving 10, uh, 40 <laughs> But it's something you could only use in combat. Because no, it's like... this is this is a constant aura. Your party's base land speed is now based off forty feet around. Right, and they're all standing very close to you. Yeah, you're it's all like huddling you have to together. run in a little squad, like the American military or something, singing songs. Like that's the only way you could do it. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, it, it the idea of you and your allies rushing into battle together, keeping pace with you, like yeah, that's kind of that Avengers feel. Civil well with War, it. Yeah. yeah, not Civil War. I think it's in the opposite game. direction. They're running away from the battle, or like, running oh away from the battle. But this guy isn't going to be the guy that runs away. That's true, right? <laughs> um, now the gnome, but the gnome's legs are going. As though they like think they're running there. really fast. I'm killing it. I'm just holding him up. Um, at 15th level, you get glorious defense, where you can turn defense into a sudden strike. Um, when you or another creature within 10 feet of you is hit by an attack roll, you can use your reaction to grant a bonus to the target's AC against that attack, potentially causing it to miss. The bonus equals your charisma modifier, and if the attack misses, you can now make one weapon attack against the attacker as part of the reaction, as long as that attacker's within Ooh. range. That's pretty cool. You can use this function, and I don't see a lot of this in D&D 5e. This was very popular in 3.5 and older editions. But you could use this a number of times equal to your charisma modifier um, 
a day, and you regain all expended uses once you finish a long rest. I like that. That's very Spartan. That, yeah, because you're at least five, basically. Pretty much, because, I mean, yeah. pa- uh, Paladin's main stat is charisma. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's pretty cool. Actually, I do really like that subclass. Yeah. Uh, next, you become a living legend at level 20. This is your capstone. Standard. Um, the uh, Standard. You gain the ability to uh, empower yourself with legends, whether true or exaggerated. It actually says that. Um, of your great deeds. As a bonus action, you gain the following benefits for a minute. Now, this is tracking with all of the other ones, at least the way they should be, Megan. Um, I don't know what you're so talking about. Um, so... Uh, for one minute, you're blessed with an otherworldly presence, and you gain advantage on all charisma-based ch- checks. Four minute. That's your intimidates, your performances, your persuasions, your deceptions, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, once on each of your turns, when you make a weapon attack and miss, you could cause that attack to hit. Okay. Here's one reason I don't like this guy. Because this is now becoming like the... Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt type character where you, you're not allowed to be super jacked and sexy, really funny, and really smart all at the same time. Everybody knows you're only allowed two of those things. This, this guy's all now has all of them. Yeah. And we hate those people. And I said they were kind of like you. That's not me. Also, you get... Um, if you fail a saving throw, you can use your reaction to re-roll it and you must use the new roll. For a minute. The one little caveat here is you get this back um, at the end of a long rest unless you cast one of your fifth level spell slots to gain access to this again. You don't get very many fifth level spell you slots. You don't. Though. You don't. So that, I mean, you get, what, two by the end yeah. of... Yeah. So you're, you're still sacrificing something big here, but this gives you potentially three times a day that you oh, can use this. Oh, that would be hot. I'm... It's that stuff like that's tough for me is using spell slots, especially higher spell slots. Yeah. Depends on what your spells are spells. and what your situation is. It's that situational. is. Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, if you are, you know for a fact that there's not going to be a lot of combat coming up and you guys are about to do like the big court uh, meeting right. with, with like a king yeah, you're right. or something, mm-hmm. You for three solid minutes, you are a golden god of. <laughs> Charisma Name checks sex and tape. everything else. Name of my sex so, tape right I also just imagine at the end of the three minutes your boy says cracking. What is that's wearing off? Yeah. You just let out a big burp in the middle of the conversation, Megan. <laughs> get up you get out of full speech and then you go and, and who's with me? <laughs> you just see the bar in the back going, and that's three minutes. You kill it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I will take over now. Amateur. Yeah. Three, two, one. Never take off. <laughs> so that is the Oath of Glory from Theros. Love it. Yeah. That was a really good one. Unlike Megan's, it was shit. <laughs> I presented it very well. You did. You did. Oh, well. hats off to you. You sounded like you did a Toastmasters course or something. Thank you. And on that glorious bombshell... Let's cut to a shout out. <laughs> so share this. Hey guys, Megan here wanting to shout out something a little different. I've mentioned them before, but thought I'd give it a little bit more of an official uh, shout out here. The Dames of D&D Facebook group. Uh, this is a closed Facebook group for female identified carbon based human life forms uh, where we can support and assist in other creativity around anything D&D or tabletop related. 
This is a place to post questions, thoughts, emotions, and general seeking of advice from anything of being a player to DMing to your first or 100th game. I've had a lot of great ideas that come from this platform, so feel free to seek them out on Facebook, request an invite, and you'll be asked a few questions, but the wait is worth it. Let's go to our creative builds. Yeah, let's do it. Each of us will roll a die, and then based on who scores highest, we'll decide who gets to go first. That's how Dungeons & Dragons works. I got an eight. Sixteen. I got a six. <laughs> so, Megan? I just wanted to bring all of my ideas together. I haven't liked any of them so far. I know, but I just... Let's I, get this one out of the way. I fell in love with it. I like the idea, because again, it feels very druidy. But I want it to be I'm like out. a full-on, like full-plated educator of plants. <laughs> I I feel like this character is probably a furbolg. Yeah, so like yeah, a furbolg yeah. Or, an animal, or an animal one of yeah. some kind. A shifter. Yeah. A shifter. Yeah, so I, actually, shifter was one of the ones I was. I was like, I would like this one. But um, yeah, more of the animalistic type. Maybe even a dragonborn. Like just something that's very attuned to the earth. You know, I played a dragonborn druid. But I don't think anything like this one. Yeah, see, because it was not a druid. It's a paladin. Okay, here. well, that's... Okay. <laughs> I see, even though we're talking about paladins, I still assumed it was a druid that you were about to talk about. Yeah, yeah see? <laughs> um, but then, to, like what I was saying earlier, its symbols are... It's like it, it's constantly tattooing its body. Mm-hmm. So it would be its tick. So every time you finish a battle or finish the next big piece, you'll see it standing at the campfire, giving itself another tattoo. Or even talking to the team of like, hey, like I want to commemorate like our camaraderie together. Let's get like design something together. Cool. Right? Yeah. It becomes a part of like the interaction they have with the team. Yeah. Um, and maybe it gets like tattoos of each other's like characters, right? And so it cool. becomes a part of who it is. And then that character can actually become a storyteller of story. Like at the campfire, tells a story of one of the tattoos that it has, like that kind of oh, yeah. thing. Um, but that's how I like, and but every story it tells will have an educational piece. That ties yeah. into every single tale is a fable. Is yes. like it 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 has a moral, to a every moral yeah. and a purpose. So that it, again, because like paladins are very much about their moral compass. Yeah. So I feel like that's how it ties back into being a paladin. I just see the party sitting around a campfire and the paladin going through this story, and the bard is just losing interest. The rogue is probably asleep, and the barbarian is just rapt attention because he's an idiot. And eventually, the the paladin reaches the end of the story, and then like slow turns to the barbarian and goes. And what did we learn from the story? Yes, tell me what you learned from today's story. <laughs> or at the end of every like battle that happens, be like, what can we do better yeah. next time? <laughs> this is this paladin is the middle manager. This of... is the HR representative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, guess you listened to a Harvard Business Review podcast on the way to work, and that's why we have to sit through this bullshit. Is basically why uh, what I get from this person. Yeah, well, pretty we, much. Basically, yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. Um, so for me, I was going. I, uh, I wanted to go with Path of Glory. I love it. I think it's 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 quite a lot of fun, and it, it scratches that paladin itch that I think has been missing. I don't think Devotion or any of those other ones have really reached what I thought a paladin to be right. yeah. until this came out. So thank you, Theros. This was great. It's a little bit more broad and yeah, open-minded. It is. Um, so what I would do is, um, and this is more of my insecurities coming out, I would play a uh, Dwarven uh, Dan, I'm going to stop you right glory. here because I can't live with this anymore. We saw that coming. You're a six foot two, burly, bearded man. You're the sexiest height. I've got full on beard envy for you, and you have the potential to basically be Thor. So stop being insecure. Anyways, uh, so the reason why I would go Dwarven is he is the younger brother of the star son 
of this clan. Mm. And he's constantly trying to live up to his brother's um, stories. And eventually, as a cool story arc, his stories start to overtake the the um, the power and the prestige that his brothers do. And now him and his brother are vying for power as a Oath of Glory paladin, constantly striving to be better because he's got this like hero brother somewhere in the world in these great um, you created scar <laughs> yes but a good one that's true scar that's is not, that's good. not gonna push his brother into like some wildebeest <laughs> because he is a power um that was the fastest way to power though so it was effective yeah i guess it's true yeah um but the the big thing i want about this guy is like i'd probably make him a little bit of a jewel crafter as well because as a as a dwarf i need to have some sort of crafty right, thing to right. it um and i chose jewel crafting because with each of his deeds um in like ancient greece whenever there was like a story about hercules they would have the pot and like you tell the story on the either on a mosaic or something this guy is carving it into rings that he then wears on his beard right cute right um and uh <laughs> there's your big beard for you there we go. Yeah. yeah so um slinging beard is that a thing not slinging beard no sure why not sure um but yeah so that's 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 my character build just this this um trying to be the best brother when there's already this like paragon in the family and then eventually overcoming and be becoming something greater I feel um, like if I was to DM that game where you're playing that character, I would definitely, every time you go into, like, a bar, the bard would be singing a song about your brother's yeah. triumphs. Yeah, yeah every right? Every single time. And then, and then at, like, level eight would be the first time I'd walk into a bar and they'd be singing about something I've done. And it would be like, guys, guys, shut the fuck up and listen. This is about just, me. Just yeah. calm down and listen. <laughs> I feel like in that game, I would play the rogue that starts out making fun of you because secretly, deep down, they know that you're actually going to achieve something great with your life and that I'm not. And I would oh. like to see, No, my character, not me, Dan. I'm a fuck kill it, okay? <laughs> Manifest that feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I like it and I think I would enjoy seeing that story arc. Cool. But I would make fun of your character all the oh, way through. As 100%. is tradition. As 100%. is tradition. Me. Um, I, I'm going to stick with the Oath of Conquest uh, subclass that I had. Uh, I like the idea of a paladin that's not necessarily loyal or devoted to a god, but it's more of a principle. And that it's kind of inspired by Taxi Driver, Rob De Niro Taxi Driver. And that looking down on like the, the squalor and like depravity and the, and the filth that they see around them and wanting to purge the world of it and wanting to essentially cleanse the world. And that idea that the Oath of Conquest had where it's not just... A little bit, it's demolish everything that you don't agree with. Um, even if it, that's using awful examples of like stringing people up and using bodies up as, as standards and flags instead of like materials and just basically just being an, an awful person because you believe that that is the example of how you should cleanse the world. And anybody who doesn't go along with that um, is going to get is going to get destroyed by it. Um, and I would make this paladin human. Because that's how humans do things. They don't in in D and D. They're they're sh they're short sighted. They're we're thinking over the next sixty years. What's my legacy going to be? What's the impact I'm going to have on the world? What can I achieve? Where with the older races, you're not going to see that. A dwarf's not going to do that. An elf is definitely not going to do this because they've seen how things ebb and flow over hundreds and hundreds of years. A human only sees what's right in front of them right now. Oh, these first thirty years of my life, I haven't liked what I've seen, so I'm going to cleanse the world of all of it. Hmm. Yeah, and now that you've mentioned that, I cannot see an elf 
like war, like a, a long living character playing this. Or the no, they wouldn't. Yeah. Because they've seen how things change over time. Yeah. yeah. And so even if it's been 30 years of some awful, like, a disgusting city with gambling and like all of the awful stuff that goes with it they know that it's just temporary it'll change that city will either be destroyed or something better will replace it but yeah. this human that sees it uh, that's all they know that's what they think life is hmm. Hmm. true enough I really like it thanks yeah. Dan I didn't know what what was going to be the response to that one because it was dark shocking <laughs> well no it, it, it's it's an intriguing character it's also a really good way to play when you're playing Oath of Conquest, I find the challenge is trying to make it a character you would play at a table with other people. Yes. Yes. So what I thought about that as well, because that's quite often what I do is if, if, I, if it's one player d and I'm having a great time. Um, it's, it's more that the the values are aligned with the, the, the other PCs. They also won't like those things or want to go against it, but it's like going too far. It's like well, everybody gets their licks in, but this guy just keeps going. It's like, whoa, 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 okay, he's had enough. He's had enough. Yeah. He's yeah. the guy that goes too far. A party would uh, play with and, and align themselves with an Oath of Conquest paladin for the exact same reasons they would align themselves with a rab- like a, a frenzied barbarian. Right. Right. They're just that one guy is just going a little bit too far every single fight, and they're just trying to rein him in. But he, but he's their friend. He's a good guy. Except he's got some views that are political and he's got some things that, okay, we're just not going to talk about, you know, this. <laughs> when he's drinking, thing. nobody mentioned. Yeah. Don't yeah. even say the word left. Okay. Because yeah, yeah, he's yeah. going to go off on yeah, that. Yeah. Just right? don't even. Yeah. Yeah. There's a list of things you don't talk about. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because <Yeah. laughs> exactly. he's going to get set off. And like with, with the barbarian, it's like you just don't talk about like. I don't know, a, a different type of animal that's not his totem. But this guy's like, yeah, we don't talk I about I really it. love bears. Yeah. yeah. How dare you? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for this week's episode on Paladins. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as dozens of other podcast apps. You can also find us at itsamimic.com, or you can email us at info at itsamimic.com. Thanks for listening to the It's a Mimic podcast, and make sure to check us out next week when we're covering Bards. You've reached the end of another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. Connect with us at itsamimic.com. Don't forget to subscribe and hit those share buttons. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Okay, team. I've got a warm-up question for you. And this is coming from Megan. I'm not taking any credit for this whatsoever. I'm well, just, things... If this goes completely off the rails, we know how to do it. I've got out of things to ask you, okay. in all honesty. Okay. Who was your, like, legitimate childhood nemesis? And I have to think about mine again because I just told you guys that something really bad happened to mine. Um, <laughs> so who was our next to legitimate? Who was your, yeah, your second most, yeah, 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 your second biggest nemesis? Uh, are we going to roll for this? Sure. 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 Do I have a die, Dan? I grabbed a couple. One of them's not really that legible. Oh, blue. Of course, choose one where he can't read the That's numbers a 15. on it. <laughs> a 15. I, got I love how Dan automatically 16. tells me what the number is because he knows I can't see it. <laughs> I can't even fucking read that. Can I have this one going forward? Yeah, I can we, see can, those. we can swap these and I'll just try. So does that mean I get the 16 that you rolled? Well, you rolled a 15. No, you got a 15 still. So, okay. Megan, Megan, who was your childhood nemesis? Well, I was a female, so it was all every other ever female that ever existed. Is that is that actually it, a thing? It's a different kind of warfare out there in the it female is. trenches. Yeah, it's a very, yeah. very, very strange world for Savage. the rest of us females. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I was very, growing up, it was definitely, like, 
I have one specific girl that I was best friends with, mm. but we were also enemies. Frenemies. Frenemies. For years and years and years. And then finally, near the end of high school, we finally like called it quits. Yeah. I still follow her on Facebook and Instagram though. Who wrote who a letter? There's always a letter involved. <laughs> there's always a Megan, there's always a letter involved. Is it one of those girls. handwritten notes where you fold it into the triangle? Yeah. Do you guys and then you kick it like a football? You receipt? No, no, I wasn't cool enough to get notes in high school from oh, people. Okay. Our football's around. <laughs> stop it it's true but that's awful um but yeah no uh it it uh it ended not very well but at the end of the day you're adults now (laughs) yeah so now it doesn't matter anymore yeah some of those ones take decades to heal though it's true yeah there are definitely some still some scars in there that sit don't sit well with me in like my adulthood and you know sometimes your anxiety is triggered because of certain things because of those situations but yeah no I think growing up in the female world is just every other female is your enemy and then weirdly enough when you reach a certain age every other female is your best friend like it, it does like there's this weird switch that happens then it's the sisterhood right? and then it's the yeah. sisterhood and you're all like lifting each other up and shit but there's years and years of fuck yous until you get there mm. I, I i i don't want to like but that's the same thing with a lot of my guy friends like yeah. we legitimately shitted on each other and had bullies and everyone was just an asshole all the way up and then we hit a certain age and we continued to shit on each other but it was out of friendship more than anything else. Oh, yeah. Right? So, like, uh, I've, I've had moments where I look around at literally every single one of my friends, present company included, and go, everyone's just an asshole. Like, <laughs> everyone is just an asshole. But we guy friends? I, I am an asshole as well, so I guess that that's okay. Yeah. Right? We're all just equal levels of scum. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But anyways, Terry, nemesis. We're all, work, we're all walking around deep down thinking we don't deserve good things because for some reason we just shit on and hurt everybody that we ever touch. Is that me? Yeah. Okay, that goes yes. <laughs> So, so we're we're hoping for not <laughs> well, depressing. Um, mine's not too bad actually, because I'm gonna go for the second biggest nemesis. When I was 17, I was dating this this gymnast. I'm pretty sure she doesn't listen to the podcast, and I was like so in love with her for the only reason that 17 year olds are in love with people. Yeah. She was super hot. Mm. Okay. She kind of looked like Jean Grey, um, like redheaded, and yeah, yeah, athletic yeah, yeah. and stuff. And then. She cheated on me with some dude who legitimately like looked like 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 the original like Planet of the Apes, like just had a real shit beard and just looked like it was like low budget like B movie makeup. And his name was Liam, and I was in a band at the time. I'm gonna confess something to you guys. Oh, no, now. this is getting deep. <laughs> I was in a band. I was in a uh, like a I was in a, a a punk band called Kids These Days. Okay, the best name ever. In it. Yeah. Probably on YouTube. Find it. Dig, dig, go real far back. Oh, now I'm going. 2005. Yeah, okay. oh real far back. I was the bass player in the world famous well done. Kids These Days. Well done. Mm-hmm. And uh, and because of this, I wrote a song. That song was called "Love Is a Mistake." Oh my god! And you know what? Wow. <laughs> about about this. You went full Avril Lavigne about this. That, Oh, so when like somebody asks you who hurt you, this is the person. <laughs> it, but it was her, not him. Okay. It was her, not yeah. him, because it wasn't really. He wasn't really like a like a physical threat or anything. I just didn't understand why it was happening. I was like, I I get it. Okay, you know, you're 17. You want to go out and stuff. I don't understand why this guy. I don't understand why this guy. Okay, yeah. it's like I don't even know. It was, anyway. Uh, so yeah, so I hated him, hated him for years. And then I realized that this girl that I was seeing, every boyfriend that she moved on to, there was definitely an overlapping gray area where there was two at once. I know people like that. And yeah. it was at least four in a row. 
as I've tracked her like relationships through friends and stuff like that. And she ended up marrying the one on the end. <laughs> but I wonder what he would think if he knew that the previous five had all been um, overlapped. I, I have I have a very good friend uh, or had a very good friend. Uh, we used to be roommates who who lived that lifestyle and. Um, she was, yeah, she was, she was the other woman f- for quite a few years with this one guy and then eventually they got married and they're still together really? 10, 15 years later. She yeah. Was the People other grow woman. up eventually. Yeah. Right. They so do, like, right? like they found love. It just was in a, if I went back and met this weird guy way. and if you, if we all go back it's like 17, you're 60, it's like whatever, you're an absolute moron. You don't yeah. even, you know, you well, uh, for my nemesis question, um, I grew up with a kid who, uh, I know for a fact they don't listen, but uh, I'm not going to drop any names. I, were, I grew up with a kid and we were in the same class um, from grade four yeah. all the way up until grade 12. Like, same class, same everything. And he didn't really pay any mind to me until at least grade eight. Like, he was just, oh, you've been in my class? I'm like, yeah, no, we've been... I've, been sitting next to you for three years. Right. So imagine seriously? that classic like, high is, school TV show scene. <laughs> how old is grade eight in Canada? Uh, I just like you. How old is grade eight? 13? 12? Yeah, 13. Oh, 13, yeah. 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 So uh, all the way through and he ended up uh, marrying the girl I had a huge high school crush on. <laughs> um, is she so, still so, hot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but at the end of the day, I, I like that. to think... <laughs> Because we all go, how did we win this? At the end of the day, I like to think I won because um, my job now is uh, literally the inspector of all of their work. Right. So if if I need to go through and say, hey, you're you need to go back and do your work. Oh, you're that guy projecting that guy. his childhood traumas on everybody else uh, because you're inspecting work. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, That's who you are, Dan. <laughs> Dan life. Who's Dan? Reliving his bullying by failing everybody else. Uh, just, just. Re- rehashing the abuse over the, yeah, yeah so anytime uh, anybody looks like a jock or like a player <laughs> he was on the football team yep <laughs> what was his position on the football team that's important he too. was a wide receiver oh yeah he was, he was a skinny little guy and I was just yeah you're fucked <laughs> yeah yeah. Aww. yeah oh well <laughs> well, I, just, I feel like it just digressed into the people that we hated and all like the love traumas that we had growing yeah. up. Okay, well, this, uh, this is the It's a Mimic counseling session. Uh, uh, this is. Thank you for listening to an It's a Mimic production. Okay, you're done. Get it. <laughs> <laughs>